This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hear ye, hear ye. The latest session of Foxborough Football Therapy, otherwise known as Six Rings and Football Things, is in session. His masters, your honors, the incomparable Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart presiding over this court of lunacy that is the 2023 Patriots football season. As always, we are brought to you by our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more to take advantage of their latest promos and offers. You go to FanDuel.com slash six rings. Uh, this is a presentation, as usual, of WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. On today's program, we are in the aftermath once again of another head-scratching, mind-numbing, soul-wrenching Patriots loss, 20-17, to to the Washington Commanders Sunday at Gillette Stadium. We will give out our grades across the spectrum of players, coaches, and beyond. And in the back half, spurred by a, shall we say, uh, a, a surprise media uh, inquiry on Bill Belichick's Monday availability, not to mention a stand-up comedian responding to the aid of the greatest coach of all time, we will discuss if Bill Belichick is really coaching for his life. Uh, or at least his professional career with the Patriots at this point, as they prepare to make way to Germany. But both of us at this point, Andy, are pretty happy that we didn't get sent to Frankfurt after all. Although, it, although it is a bit of a uh, tech finance capital, as I'm led to believe, it's got a lovely skyline. Uh, they do have a lot of Patriots fans over there. They're very eager to receive football of any kind. It's a very active and involved crowd, and the beer is delicious. And I've heard they have one of the best, um, let's just say, uh, ah, forget it. Let's move on. <laughs> My if wife. Into, if you're into adult entertainment. then Yeah. You're, you're right. kind of place I hear. Well, once again, fanduel.com slash six rings. What, what they do with the six rings over there is different than they do over here. Yes. All right. So Sunday. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're not just going to go ahead and just say F's all around because there almost were a lot of positives that came from Sunday, but don't worry. There were still the requisite negatives that go part and parcel, hand in hand, Thelman Louise style off the cliff with this season. Andy, let's begin uh, the offense. What would you give them for a grade in a game where uh, the Washington commanders were on the field for almost twice as long as the Patriots? I do believe the final tally was commanders had the ball for 37 minutes, New England Patriots, 23 minutes overall yes uh so if you know this is grading and i know students are getting probably to the end of their first uh trimester semester and schools and report cards are coming and if if this were a school year and we were teachers i feel like this game would have been uh, these kids are really struggling to get me early in the year they're they're having problems oh wait they they took a couple quizzes and tests and they really 
they really did a nice job. Okay, maybe they've caught up and they're getting things. And then the final exam came and you're like, oh, I failed these children. I did not get through to them. They're not that. They did not get the material. It all fell apart. Um, so offensively, Patriots didn't start well. Nope. Didn't finish well. Mm-hmm. In the middle, made a couple plays that they needed to make to make the game interesting. And I would say that's the the unit. The individuals, there were some bad throws by Mac. There were some mm-hmm. bad drops by receivers. There were some bad mm-hmm. routes by receivers. So mm-hmm. I put it all together. I have a D for the offense. Um, you know, you take away and you can't take it away. It happened. But, you know, you take away the advantageous or taking advantage Hunter Henry touchdown pass in the Ramondre Stevenson career-long 64-yard run three minutes later. You take those away and, well, wasn't a whole hell of a lot to cheer about for the Patriots offense. So um, D is my grade. Not awful because you gave yourself a chance and you were even driving a little bit late. And then, of course, as so often is the case, the bottom fell out because, God forbid, Jonathan Vilma, Mac Jones decided to hit Juju Smith-Schuster in the hands in the middle of the field in field goal range. Only to become a pick. Yeah, you add to get to me, you add together the lopsided time of possession. Now, whether you want to pin that on the Patriots defense, who we'll get to momentarily, or the Patriots offense, I believe. Yes. Uh, I believe the answer is yes. You want to pin, we'll pin it to both. There were some really good throws by Mac Jones on this day. There were a couple of bad throws. More good throws than bad throws to me. There were actually more horrific routes run by the wide receivers. There were some god-awful drops. There was also some god-awful coaching, which we'll get to later when we grade out the coaching. Like, okay, Ramondre Stevenson had a 64-yard touchdown run, the longest of his career. Why did he finish the day with, let me see as I check the box score here, nine carries? Well, Good idea, guys. That is, is they couldn't run the ball effectively. I mean, it's old school. You take away the 64-yarder. Mm-hmm. I think his first three carries of the day were like one yard, one yard, two yards, or something like they're you still struggling the to find ground- consistent. I mean, Andy, you couldn't get the ground game going against the 31st ranked defense. Like they give up the second most touchdowns to the air. They give up tons on the ground. They just traded their two best pass rushers slash defensive linemen, not named Deron Payne. Like there was every reason why you should have come out, flexed on them, established. It should have been the opposite. You with 37 minutes of possession, the commanders with 23 minutes of possession, but through inefficiency, injury, and idiocy, once again, the Patriots put out a, I'll just say it, piss poor offensive performance. I gave him a D plus. Oh, uh, look at you, optimistic with a plus. Yeah, that's so nice of me. How how generous? Uh, yeah, sorry. Like the J, the Rager drops the the Rager drop unthinkable. Juju at the end off the hands, a perfect ball by Mac. I guess he's gonna have to stop throwing it to where the receivers are or where they aren't, like Tyquan Thornton in his horrific route running, the uh, route by Rager that almost was picked off. Uh, I think it was. I forget what the score was. It was down by the uh, it was down by the goal line when the Patriots were advancing the ball. Uh, just bad, 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 bad all around. Like this, this looks like an offense that is still trying to like shake the rust off of a bad training camp. But it's November. There is yeah, it's no excuse rust. for this. It's not rust. It's who no, you it's are. No, it's stink. Yeah, like it's there's stink. nothing under there. There's no solid metal underneath the corrosion that you're trying right. to knock off with a little hammer. Because everything, every person, every aspect, there were like highs and lows, and the lows were worse than the highs. Uh, like Jalen Rager, perfect the lows example. cost you the game. Yeah, perfect example. Mm-hmm. You don't get a 64 yard touchdown run without his block. 
he sprung Ramondre Stevenson with his block. And then right. he sprung a leak in his hands when he could not catch the thrown ball by Mac Jones deep down the field. And everybody had that, like Juju Smith-Schuster. Nice catch. Two plays before, he ends the game with a deflection off his hands for an interception. Mac Jones, oh, nice throw. Oh, why can't you hit Tyquan Thornton? Why can't you hit Ramondre Stevenson on the little wheel route? Why are you throwing off oh. your back foot and lobbing it up there and letting the linebacker get there? Like, everybody, there's just no... I said this to you post-game. We talked a little bit about it. We know there's going to be negative plays. No one's perfect. There's always going to be missed throws, drops, whatever. That's a league-wide issue like we yes. discussed as well. This is a wonky-year NFL-wide, yes. It can't be a one-to-one -one ratio. It should be like, a oh, we have five good plays to one bad play or or whatever the number is. And there's three-to-one. I think theirs is close to just one-to-one -one for almost everybody on the field. Blocking, running, catching, throwing. They're all like one-to-one, good-to-bad ratio, and that's not good enough. That's why you get a D. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, almost like, it's almost like the fans, and we've discussed this one and many times, and now there are just so many different chasms and rifts in Pats fans. It's Mac's fault. It's not Mac's fault. It's Bill's fault. It's not Bill's fault. I want the... I want them to lose and get a better draft pick. I can't watch them lose because that goes against the fiber and grain of my fandom. It's just back and forth all over the place. And now we as fans, as analysts, as a combination therein, watch these games wondering like, oh, they made oh two good plays in a row. Oh, there's got to be a really cruddy play coming up sometime soon. Like we just basically are watching three hours of waiting for the other shoe to drop or in this case, ball time right. and again. And it's you just duck. a. You see two good plays, you duck because you feel like there's a punch coming. You're like, where's it coming from? A head on a swivel. I don't know where it's now, coming and, from. But and the problem was it actually came through the floor and got you right in the berries. Yep. And you didn't see it coming. Sons of bitches. Oh, they got me again. <laughs> again, folks, I know we're not trying to make light of something that is so miserable for so many. But as we've said on this podcast time and again, if we can't try to laugh through it, have fun with it, then there is no point to it overall because in the end it is supposed to be entertainment. And I know it is not providing the stress relief, the release that you would want on a regular basis. You're certainly not getting the success that you were used to for two decades as well, but there has to be some joy in Suckville these days. And we're trying to find it in any available corner or crevice possible. All right. Speaking of corners and crevices, how about that D I'm just going to go straight up. You can't spell defense without a D. D. I agree. You can't spell yeah. defense without a D. Like, it's similar to the offense in some ways. They got the big play by Jelani Tavai, the punch-out force fumble that led to the Henry touchdown on the short field. That injected life. They get mm -hmm. the quick back to the offense the next series, and you got life. Mm -hmm. And yet, some piss-poor tackling, which is every game. I watched it last night on Monday Night Football. Piss-poor tackling by even a good defense, the Jets. Mm -hmm. There's just tackling is a lost art, and we – you know, different topic, different day, if that's because of the rules and the no practices and pads and all that. Um, but you couldn't get off the field on third down. You couldn't stop a third and 23 when Sam Howell rolled around, ran around. He f found guys late. He was doing some creative gun slinging. He threw for 325. Um, ran for another 25, had that unbelievable 24-yard scamper on third and 23. I just said that. Are you listening? I'm I need yeah, you to I'm listen. Not, I'm, I, sorry, yes. They broke you, too. Uh, this Broke. is six rings in football things. Andy Hart joins the. <laughs> uh, no, it's just and and the pass rush was not good enough that against oh, no. a line that had allowed 41 sacks coming in. You're like, OK, maybe they can take advantage of a bad offensive line and make life nope. tough. Nope. They didn't really make life tough on Sam Howell. Um, I, I just 
And I know they're undermanned. We, you know, that's the caveat defensively. Your best players are on the sideline. Some of your even better players maybe on the sideline because Bill decides he wants to sideline them, whatever's going on with Jack Jones and J.C. Jackson not starting the game and being used limited. Um, but in the end, defensively, it all came down to you couldn't get off the field on third down. You allowed them to maintain possession of the football, and you allowed them to beat you. So that's not good, so you get a D. Patriots with three sacks on the day. They did give up 432 total yards. Beals, uh, and, let, and let's be fair. Like, we went over the time of possession issue as well. If Washington, if Sam Howell does not throw that mind-numbing interception, just completely mind-blown pick to Kyle Duggar at the end of the first half uh, and doesn't wind up on the receiving end of one of the most unfathomable roughing the passer calls that I've ever seen. That game probably almost gets out of hand and is more dominant and lopsided. And Washington very well could have won that game 30 to 17 or 28, 17. Like this game wasn't as this game. The Patriots were lucky to be in this game. As long as they were, it almost wasn't as close as the final score would indicate. And the fact that the Patriots no, it was not like, don't be duped into thinking it was twasn't. And the fact that the Patriots had a chance to tie the game up, let alone win it in the end, is a testament to how bad football is in the NFL this year, how lucky they were just for moments on this particular Sunday, how bad the officiating was, and how uneven the level of play is coming from a team like Washington, who we all thought had punted on the season, and the Patriots decided to return the ball to them, even though Washington tried to punt. Special teams, here's where you get a big old... You're only not going to get an F from me because Bryce Barringer had a 60-yard punt and Chad Rylan hit his two extra points in his field goal. Of course, he's deprived of the opportunity to try one more field goal late in the game. Uh, yeah, that's a D minus D minus from your old pal Fitzy. Ooh, a minus even. Yeah. They're teetering Ooh. on F. I mean, you can't make three penalties in a row on special teams, cost yourself two timeouts and finally take yourself out of the running of the game. Like it was so bad. You have two special teams coaches. You spend more on special teams than anyone else. Chris Board, the legend of special teams that they signed away from Detroit. This guy's been a non-factor. Brendan Schooler's having a hissy fit on the side. Like, it's a mess. What a mess. Okay. I have a little soft spot for the special teams units. I gave him a C-. minus. Um, you're absolutely right. Now, I know there's great debate as to whether Mac Wilson was actually offsides and when that cost them the punt and that whole thing. Um Brendan Schooler, I thought was, he had a couple special teams tackles. I thought he was having a fun game until the bottom fell out, kind of like the rest of the team, I guess. Um, that right. It's not that he's a bad player. Nope. S just great got effort. to him. Yep. Yeah. Great effort. And then it just fell out. I don't really know what he was arguing when he had to be restrained. I, I forget who it was. Like Dietrich Wise had to pull him back. Like you wrapped your arm around a guy. Did the guy sell it? Absolutely. Just like you would have if you were running down covering a kick. You would have so you would have sold it. But you can't reach around, excuse me, you can't give a guy a, on a football field just like you can't do it in a lot of other places. Um, I was so hoping we were going to see Chad Ryland get that kick that I was looking for to to tie it, like that mm-hmm. opportunity to feel good. My guy Bryce Barringer heads over to Germany with a chance to kick the scoreboard a couple times in that low-ceiling uh, stadium they're going to be playing the Colts in this week. I gave him a C- because – I don't know, because I am I like all the guys on special teams. They're hardworking fellows. They seem like nice fellows, but you're right. They kind of stink like the rest of the team. Uh, yeah, no, they. and the thing I feel badly about is that they probably 
deserved a better grade as well. But the stink from the defense not being able to get Washington off the field, the stank of the offense not being able to complete passes, execute a ground game against a defense that is easy to run against, uh, and just hold on to the ball, that frustration got to special teams now. So we have poisoned any and every available water hole, watering hole on the team now. It's just... Yeah, Demario Douglas has the one return that could call back by penalty. Then he has the other return where he's at like the 10 and he's running backwards toward the goal line. Okay, you're not Dante Hall. Let's not try to do dumb things and make, you know, video game highlight returns. I just, yeah, there is, and and <laughs> they always show either Joe Judge or um, Cam Acord on the sideline, like freaking out after these plays. It's like, all right, the freaking out's getting old. You've sucked all year. You sucked last year. Stop freaking out and figure out a freaking way to fix it. And they can't. And that's what leads no. us to our next round of grades. Uh, we'll move on to the people that uh, pull the strings or pull the pass or pull the ball or pull their whatever. Your Hold quarterback, it. Michael McC <laughs> I was thinking it. You said it. New segment here on Six Rings. Your quarterback, Michael McCorkle Jones, Mac Jones. Uh, okay. What'd you give him? Uh, I gave him a C minus. Um, I thought he made some throws, but just again, made too many mistakes. I'll admit again, I'm giving him credit for his post-game professionalism, which a lot of guys are lacking in, but I think he goes up there and he tries to mostly say the right things. There's some passive-aggressive digs coming of late, um, but he's trying to be a professional. I think he's tried to be even-keeled throughout this whole season, which is a second year in a row where it's really fallen at his feet and put a lot of pressure on him to answer a lot of tough questions. Um, and again, if if Juju Smith-Schuster catches the ball, he may have his second straight home game comeback fourth quarter thing that he puts together, but Which he would didn't. have been huge for his development. Yep. It would have been Ab great. Like, we're looking for some positive, some building blocks, Andy, anything to post or pin a note of hope to, and and yet still, no. That one's but not he's on part him. Of the, no, he's also part of the downside. You can't miss Tyquan Thornton on that first fourth down as badly as he did. You can't miss Ramondre Stevenson. So he's, it's all year. He's part of the problem. He's not the biggest problem. Yes, there's other factors, but he's not part of the solution. He's not doing enough to overcome it and improvise and find a way and therefore C minus. Yeah. I just went with, I, I, I think my sympathy for his cause and plight led me to just give him a C because that pass to Jalen Rager was gorgeous. It was 56 yards in the air he didn't even like get a running start to step into it. It was almost just a well actually drove it with his husband legs, cannot throw the ball and catch it too. No, literally, my boy Sophie needs to go to IG and just be like, My boyfriend cannot throw the ball and catch it. I mean, you can't throw a better sorry, you can't throw a better ball. And to anyone who said, Ah, he shouldn't have forced that one to Juju, what do you expect? It was a perfect pass. He split the coverage because his offensive line was caving on him per huge. And he slips a dart in there, and it should have been caught by a very strong, able, capable veteran wide receiver who's wearing the hamburger helper sticky gloves, and it goes right off. So, you know, I yeah, oh, he made no. a couple of bad throws, but sorry, I, I can't take this one out on Mac as much. Sorry. No, I'm not a Mac stand. No, I'm not a Mac defender. I just feel badly for the guy at this point now, and I do appreciate the fact that he owned, once again, took ownership at the postgame lectern, and that little dig when he's asked about the quality of the receivers and uh, you know, the talent he's working with. And he's like, yeah, that's a really good question. Like, woof. <laughs> well, I mean, 
and he needs to be careful because he can lose the locker room. They, like they're trying for him now. They can mm-hmm. stop trying, and then it could get even worse in terms. Are of his receivers going to just basically tell the the press kind of like the defensive backs that are like, "I'm not talking," or just be a Jack Jones and leave? Because I mean, this Andy, and we'll talk about more of this in the coaching when we get there in just a minute. But like, spoiler alert: my grade for the coaching is not too kind. Uh, but this entire thing could come unglued more like we we keep mentioning it christian mentions it on the midday show all the time he says it when he joins us on the post game show we make reference to him all the time saying this it's still if you think we're at the bottom if you think we are in the trenches there's still further to go like this could potentially get worse and that's scary they are a piece of ikea furniture that's made the move from like one apartment to the next to the next and they're a little rickety now because the the all the pieces are kind of loose but it's still standing the shelves are still in it and you try to tighten it but the allen wrench like nope, the, the lug spins. nut is now spin just spins <laughs> but guess what the shelves haven't fallen it hasn't totally imploded and collapsed on itself it still could so i wouldn't put anything heavy on it i was gonna say nothing heavy nothing fragile and don't spend a lot of time on it or under it no 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 no, no not a good no. idea all right and the coaching um this is a straight old fashioned F. Oh, oh, just when I think I'm the negative one, you out negative me. I went D minus. Um, well, <laughs> wow. Okay. Look at you. Look at you. Oh, trying you to, to trying me? to position and corner yourself as the positive one. How do you not give them an F? They can't move. They can't hold the ball for more than 23 minutes. You get three. Uh, you, your defense gives up. They go nine for 17 on third down defense. You only go like three for 12 or three for 15 yourself on offense. All those mistakes, the bad routes that are run, the drops. Belichick once again arguing with the refs. Thanks for all the memes and the gifts, Bill, but I would actually rather the gift of victory and something positive to build on and look forward to the next week as opposed to dreading talking about another Patriots soul punch of a defeat. A terrible coaching. Terrible. It was bad. Um, but again, I go back to they were in range to tie the game, maybe win the game. And I just feel like F is wheels fall off, doors blown off, never had a shot. So I just gave them that little half bump up to D minus because even with everything that went wrong, you had a shot to win the game. Um, but I'm with you. I thought Bill looked like an old loser on the sideline when he was bitching about it. Literally, literally old and literally a loser on this the sideline. This keeps happening. This, keep, this is like the theme, like, like. Shut your eyes. Give me one image right now from a football game with the Patriots that describes how the Patriots season in a nutshell. It's Belichick on the sideline yelling like a grumpy old man. And if you want to take it the next step further in that stretch, I think it was the Mac Wilson he was bitching about for an extended period. Mm-hmm. The the side judge there. Go back and find it when the side judge makes like a rolls his eyes at Bill Belichick kind of face. And I'm like, oh my God, you've you've bottomed out when the officials are no longer even treating you like you're Bill Belichick. They're treating you like you're a bad coach who won't STF you know what. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, I thought that visual in particular said it all. Like he's reached that point where he's just the guy that always yells and complains because his team blows or his son blows or his kids blow. And He's not even being taken seriously anymore by the officials, in my opinion, based on that visual of that guy. Um, and then you get into the other stuff. Kayshawn Booty inactive. 
Thank you. He thought he was going to be active. I Mm -hmm. firmly believe it was like Matt Light in 2001. I think Kayshawn Booty went to the media and said, hey, yeah, my number's going to be called this week. It's been frustrating to not play since week one, but I'm going to step up. And I think Bill says, oh, oh, you're going to tell the media? Sit your ass down, kid. Um, I, and Good then choice. Tech- Sound choice. Let's right. definitely let there's plenty of nose to cut off despite the face still left available. Good Correct. choice. If that's the reason why, because you definitely couldn't have used his hands, his root running ability, his playmaking ability. None of that was necessary. Not when you've got Jalen uh, Aguilar or Nelson Rager out there, but however you want to call him. Uh, that was great. He's basically Nelson Aguilar on the cheap third team in three and a half years, whatever it is. That's awesome. He's actually worse than Aguilar because Aguilar had a good good season with uh, the Raiders before he arrived in New England. Jalen Rager is a bust, a bust of a bust in multiple cities. Minnesota, That's who we're starting. We're Philly. not even giving our six-round draft nope. picks a chance to prove that they're a bust. We're starting other people's reclaimed busts as well. Yep. So now we're dumpster- We're having an Alston Christmas at yep. wide receiver. That's in the best just- interest of the football team. Absolutely. And then uh, just what they've been able to do or not do with Tyquan Thornton, just all of it, the roster management, the decisions, all of it. F. All right. And uh, and you know what? You. The refs also can have an F as well because they sucked as well Sunday. Well, so there you go, suck. folks. There's they your in every game. I know. I'm just reminding everyone once again. They got the they F. Sucked you can't when you were right. winning. They suck when you are losing. So it's a you problem, not a them problem because they always suck. Okay. Well, at least they're being consistent. Somebody is here on this program Somebody. or in this season, which is wildly inconsistent to say the least. Or is it not? Because the Patriots consistently frustrate the hell out of us. And here we are left once again complaining and kvetching just like old man Belichick on the sidelines when a bizarre special teams offsides penalty is called. What do you say, Pats fans? Agree, disagree, holler at your boys anytime at Six Rings Pod, at Jumbo Heart, at Fitzy GFY. We appreciate you being part of this community, sticking with us through the thick and now sometimes often far too thin of this season and most of our Foxborough fandom. All right, we carry on here with the Six Rings and Football Things podcast. We just gave our grades for the Commanders Patriots game. And now we're moving on to a topic we never, ever, 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 ever could have possibly conceived of, thought of, or just deigned to entertain on this program. The idea that Bill Belichick is taking questions at his Monday availability following another difficult defeat that Bill Belichick is entertaining inquiries as to him possibly coaching for his job and his professional future of football in Foxborough. This happened Monday uh, at the postgame presser. Uh, There were rumblings about it on Sunday following the game. We took a lot of calls on the postgame show as well about it. It's been a topic du jour for weeks now. Much speculation beyond the Josh Harris uh, majority owner of the Washington Commanders may be calling about the availability of Belichick in the offseason. I don't even know why the commanders would be like, hey, listen, hey, you know that guy that we beat who had the team that made all those self-inflicted wounds and mistakes Sunday? How much is it going to cost to get him to come on down here and fix our football team next year? Like, it's just an absolute mess. And uh, I would like to also share this as well. Before we get into the open-ended debate, there was a little piece of audio that was played on the Monday night uh, Rich Keefe show. Producer Stan Bruno, a.k.a. Stiz Grimey, went to Comics Come Home this past weekend at the Boston Garden. Dennis Leary and Cam Neely's annual comedy show with uh, stars of stand-up the world over. And Stiz got a quick minute with Bill Burr and asked Bill, the great Bill Burr what he thought about Bill Belichick possibly having to field questions and and coach for his job as well as uh, 
what he thinks of Mac Jones. So just take a listen to this real quick. Stiz, you've interviewed Burr a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, a few did times. Did he recognize you from yeah. previous spots? Oh, he yeah, did. Yeah, it's it's become like a tradition for him to roast what I'm wearing. Last okay. time he told me I looked like a dock worker right. who snuck off the docks in Eastie and snuck in the garden. This time okay. he said I look like someone who is about to get a divorce but doesn't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My buddy Bill. All right, so Bill Bar. So uh, Stiz there, I uh, got to ask him a few questions, and then that includes some questions about the Patriots, Bill Belichick. So let's just uh, let's hear from Bill Burr. And then I just want to end it with a sports question because I work for WEI. Patriots not doing great right now. A lot of people yeah, why calling. Don't you guys relax. So a lot of people calling for Bill's job. Oh, are they? First of all, that is such. Cowardly journalism. You say a lot of people who I answer the phones. Well, I guess you could say maybe it's the vocal minority, but I'm telling you, every day people are moron that calls in a sports talk radio. Yes, he has eight rings. He has one more than Brady. That's right. He shut down John Elway. I'm, I'm done. I'm done talking about this. The run and gun, greatest show on turf. One three with a sixth round draft pick, and then everybody then was calling Brady a systems quarterback, and then they went three more, and all of a sudden Brady knows everything. Belichick doesn't know anything, right? And everybody forgets the Eagles' victory. That's right. And everybody says that Pete Carroll screwed up, rather than that was an unbelievable coaching job by Bill Belichick and his crew to have that defense ready for that play that whole year. All it was was either an incomplete pass or a touchdown until they played us. Mac Jones, just end it with that. Mac Jones, where you at with Mac Jones? I think he's better looking than you. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Appreciate All right. you. All right. So, so there you go. Let me start there by saying go. great job, Stiz, catching up with Bill Burr. I'm a huge fan of Bill Burr. It's hilarious. Yeah. I don't know if that's the strongest defense. Basically yeah. saying that Bill Belichick used to be good. And that Mac Jones is more handsome than Stiz. Rest on your laurels, Bill says. That's all he had. And he also screwed up some details there, but that's fine. He's a he's a comic. He's not a sports it the, guy. It was the C. So, yeah, there you go. There's one BB. I think it, it was you on Twitter, Andy, who said there's one BB who's also lost his way of talking about B. What did you say again? Um, I think I said something to effect. Apparently, people with the initials BB blindly back each other. See what I did there? Blindly back each other. Ah, alliter alliteratively well put. This I also called it laughable, which I don't know if that's what he was going for as a comedian, but that's a laughable no, he was situation. being dead serious. Bill Burr's no, a huge sports fan. He talks about uh, the Bruins and the Patriots and Boston sports quite frequently on his podcast, stand-up interviews, and more. I think he really believes that Belichick has done so much that he should never, ever be questioned or doubted and should be given basically leash infinitum, just like as much rope as he needs to be able to do whatever he wants to do, which is fine, except when the team is as much of a mess as it is now, how do you not question it? Which is fine, but... The thinking, um, the more rational thinking saved us as a country when they wanted George Washington to be king. And thankfully, we didn't go down that road or who knows what our life would be like right now um, as the United States of America. Good point. I, I just I don't understand the blind. Mm -hmm. I said it when Boomer earlier in the year made similar comments like Bill decides when he walks like. So Bill has a job for life. Like, why? I, I don't really understand that. He can suck for as long as he wants. The guy who made a living on a year too early, not a year too late, gets to stay in his job in perpetuity. That makes no sense to me. And I just, I don't know if it's, it, maybe Bill Burr has a personal connection. Maybe he hung out with Bill on Nantucket and he like, but I, I've told you this before. I don't understand that mentality. There's guys I love as much as anyone like James Devlin or Rob Gronkowski or mm -hmm. whoever you want me to. If it's not working, it's not working like hell. I mean, I feel like family members, I'd be willing to be like, 
hey, just so you know, Bill, it's it's probably time to go. I love you mm-hmm. like a brother because you are my brother. Yeah, but- why don't you? You know what? Uh, you know whether it's you had a couple of too many brown wines after the family supper or maybe you know like you're injured or you're just getting old it's like you know i'll, I'll drive it's fine it's fine it's it's i'll right. just give yeah like it might be time to turn the keys over and, like, and this- that's okay that doesn't mean you think what he did previously sucked or oh like- my god there'll be wings devoted to it at the pro football hall of fame they may have to build a whole new room to pay tribute to both brady and belichick for the great double dynastic run but it's nothing's working right now how can we not like is this heresy to say this? And you know what's worse than a, okay, we're two and seven. Let's just say they finish four and 13 for the purposes of this. You know what's worse than a four and 13 season? A five back and 12 back. season. No, like back to back, like doing it again, like rolling him back out there to fall on his face, to fail, to continue to pile up losses, to continue to embarrassingly try to chase a record at three wins a year where it's going to take you six years at that rate. Like, Save him from the failure. Look at it as a positive because I, I, I know for a fact within a year of him being gone, he will be deified. He will be treated like the greatest thing that like we will only remember history remembers winners and he's the ultimate winner. History will look at his six Super Bowl rings. They will not worry about the post Tom Brady. They won't worry about two and seven to open the 2023 season. So start the start the rebuild of the aura of the legend now, like rather than letting him do more and more damage that it's going to take longer to bounce back from. The thing that amazes me isn't so much that he falls on his face right now, because that's predictable. It happened to every coach in the history of football, like whatever, whoever it is, they ended poorly. I was going to say, save for two examples, John Madden and Bill Walsh. Well, yeah, to, and Bill Walsh was a, a a special case because the quarterback situation and everything that happened there. But mm-hmm. I mean, look at Chuck Knoll, look at Don Shula, look at um, Vince Lombardi, Landry, Vince. Like y- you gotta. So there's no shame in it. Football coaches get old. The game changes. They fade. It, it's the reality. But I never thought we would have on a November Monday morning flat out Bill. Are you coaching for your job this week? Have you been talked, you know, been told of what your future, like I thought it would be. Yeah, he is. And I believe him too, by the way, I think he is. That's what he does. That's That's what, what that's what he does. That's just like, you've talked about his blind spots time and again on the radio here on this podcast and beyond. And I think he does have a blind spot for that as well. I like some of these losses. Hell, I'm not even over some of the losses of 20 years ago or Super Bowls. They should have made it two games. They should have won whatever, let alone, some of the losses this season, but we're all growing on mass on mass holia. We're kind of growing numb to it at this point, but you, you bring up a great point. How much longer do you want to hit, give him the ability or rather allow him to potentially tar the franchise's legacy and reputation, his, his personal and professional reputation and legacy. It's, it's become a legitimate issue. So I ask you this, uh, if the Patriots go to Germany, I mean, we know they're going to Germany, but mm. when in Germany at the Waldenstadt this Sunday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, don't miss it. I think it's only on NFL Network. If they go to Germany and lose to the Colts, decidedly, and Jim Ursay and the old Boston town, man, if Ursay's Colts just stomp, Gardner Minshew just stomps out the Patriots Sunday, does Bill Belichick have a job as the head coach of the Patriots when he comes back. 
I believe so. I still don't believe that they will remove him midseason. I, I just I can't see that happening. And I know it's ugly, um, but I also not sure it's in the best interest of the football team, because, as I said, we're in Thanksgiving month and, you know, <laughs> we're not tanking. We just suck. And if mm. you get the bump that the Raiders got last week, let's just say you bump Bill Mayo comes in, brings a youthful energy to the locker room and suddenly they win two games. Long term, that might am I going to see Josh Uche smoking a cigar in the he locker could. room afterwards? Is Gerard Mayo going to go Patriots? Maybe, but oh, I, I actually F think the Raiders in that whole routine. Nice job. Yeah, you beat. The, wow. You beat the Giants when their starting quarterback who was already injured tore his ACL and you knocked out Tommy DeVito. Wow. Could there be anything less sustainable oh. than the Raiders right now? Like that was <laughs> no. idiotic. They're going to go. They're going to lose their neck. Look at their schedule. They are going to lose their next six games. So I'm uh, glad you enjoyed your one culture changing uh, win. Whoop de F and do. But uh, I will say this in terms of Bill Belichick, the one yep. people always talk about respect and what he's earned and just different things. And I agree that he he's had a great run. It should be handled in the most respectful way. But do you remember when he pulled Mac in the Cowboys game, I believe, and he was asked why, and he said, I just didn't see the point of keeping him in the game. I believe that's the phrase. Could we use the same phrase for Bill Belichick? Like, what's the point of keeping him around? Like, right. It's not going well. You didn't see the point in allowing Mac to just go out there and continue to vomit on himself against the Cowboys and throw interceptions mm -hmm. and embarrass himself. So it's the same argument for you. What's the point of allowing you to continue to screw up, continue to not be able to reach your team, continue to have players that seem like they're getting further from receiving the message, not closer? Like, this doesn't seem like it's close. It doesn't seem like you're chipping away and you're, yo, you're right there into landing the message with them and they're going to have this late season run of energy. It doesn't feel that way. If anything, it feels like you're closer to the Ikea collapsing on itself and burning to hell in your living room. Like that's what's on the horizon. So what's the point of continuing with him? And I'm talking about beyond this year. Cause I am, you did, can you envision them firing Bill Belichick mid season? Like I can't envision that. I uh, no. However, if the, if the final score Sunday is like 34 to 13, what with with all the the Patriots Deutschland repping out one of the biggest international fan bases UK Patriots traveling there's going to be a huge international contingent that's assembling for this game and they're the only game in town or on at least Sunday morning and if they get whooped on this big celebration the one time that it's probably good that the Patriots are the only game in town because they're traveling away from their frustrated fan base they're going to go someplace that they're received appreciated and applauded if they give that crowd nothing to cheer about, nothing to revel with their giant steins of beer over, and they just put on another one of these garbage fire shows, I don't know. I don't know if maybe finally Jonathan would tell, be like, Dad, I can't anymore. We can't. Like, it's got to it's gotta stop. Look, I'll just say this. I've gone over time and again the idea that Bill Belichick was in large part responsible for Tom Brady's departure from the Patriots. I know Brady also had a hand in that as well. And so did Robert Kraft for either not stepping in or being able to convince Brady to stick around for one, two or three more years, whatever the returns and remains would have been. But Brady himself said, I'll, you know, Oh, Bill could decide when Tom could play until, but you know, it's fine for him to just keep going, whatever. But for Brady to say, I'll stop playing when I suck. And he didn't even really suck last year. You could just see that he had lost 
a little bit off the fastball, and he called it a career, a greatest career of all time for an NFL player, and Bill is continuing to do this, grinding gears, making a mess of things. Sometimes, you're right, Andy, someone may just have to step in and say, Bill, this doesn't mean we don't love you and don't appreciate what you did, but it's over. Yeah, and and I don't disagree with any of that, and I don't disagree. I know Jonathan got a lot of um, run this week because our guy Andy Gresh did a slow motion of his uh, – the mouth when he said um we're not, we're not good, good enough, enough which oh. is not really that um crazy a, a comment like it's but, just, but it no it's crazy. not but like he the way he looked it was just like 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 it was almost like eh, whatever like he like the fact that he's already checked out on the team or that he just basically was indifferent to whatever it was that he was frustrated by like robert wanted something reviewed who knows or something changed and he's like ah we're not good enough Ah, oh, that's so sad. It this is, is sad. so sad. And that is the word. And the ending is going to be sad. The one thing I would throw out there, is there any way to, I mean, is there an exit strategy midseason? I keep using that phrase for postseason, but is there an exit strategy midseason that saves face for anyone? Like, could Bill Belichick have a um, uh, a leave of absence due to a health issue? Like, uh, I mean, could, How that even worse? would that be? No, it's that's worse. At this point I, now, like, just, you know, just you, leave. You get your clock cleaned by the Colts in Germany, and then you have a bye week getting ready for the Giants. Ooh, that's going to be like, that's legitimately going to be a battle for like the third overall draft pick. Yeah. And you got to find a way to lose that game. <laughs> and if anything, I hate to say this, and I think we can walk on this one, Andy. Um, maybe the Kraft family figures look, we stink so bad right now, and we're just such a mess. Maybe we do leave Bill in because that'll just, he wants to coach the rest of the season. And we need as much as many side dishes and helpings of Thanksgiving food possible. Just hold on. Yeah. yeah. I, and that's where I think the best interest oh. of the football team is to keep Bill in place. You save face, keep Bill in place. You keep losing because he's lost his team, lost his locker room, lost his message. And you end up with a top three to five pick to hopefully not take a uh, offensive lineman out of Notre Dame, because I'm not sure what the hell that does for the future of the franchise. Yeah. Well, on that note, what a good time as always. Uh, yeah, we will, yeah, man. I hope everyone else had well, the whole idea was to try. I don't even know if we know how to cheer ourselves up, let alone cheer you guys up at this point. We're trying folks. We are doing the best we can, and we will try to give you the best possible week we can here on six rings and football things. We're efforting to have Matt light join the podcast. Hopefully tomorrow we'll get a quick one off with Matt. He's got another big thing coming up this December that we'd like to help him promote in exchange for some words that he'll have about the team. And I don't think he's very happy with the way things have gone as well. We'll preview Patriots and Colts as well. And Friday, take you behind enemy lines and let you know what Colts fans are saying during their uh, surprisingly upstart season with the spike man, the backup quarterback getting it done as well. Uh, and maybe somebody can explain to me what the hell that dance was that Jim Ursay was doing in the Colts locker room <laughs> to Meek Mill last Sunday. But then again, who knows? This is the football season that has been highlighted by Arnold Schwarzenegger feeding a donkey on the Manning cast. So who knows? All right. For producer Justin Turpin, the Turp, putting it together. Thanks, buddy. Stiz Grimey, great job on the audio with Bill Burr, Andy Jumbo Hart, Nick Fitzy Stevens here. Six rings in football. Thanks. Thanks to you to our sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook, FanDuel.com slash six rings to join today and take advantage of their many generous promos. Until the next time, always and forevermore, it's six rings and football things. Good day. God bless. And uh, Pats.